evidence and answers. The book of Revelation tells us about the future return of Christ and the establishment of his kingdom. However, before the coming of Christ's kingdom comes the judgment of God upon all who have rejected Christ. Few Christian leaders preach on the coming judgment of God, but Pat explains God's coming judgment is part of the gospel of the kingdom. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zugran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today in our broadcast, Pat presents a biblical exposition on Revelation chapter 14 and tells us all about the coming Judgment Day. Now with part one of a message entitled, Judgment Day is Coming, is our host, Pat. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14. We're going to race through the entire chapter this session, so hold on to your seats. You know, in the movie Tombstone, starring Kurt Russell, the gang, the cowboys, have been running rampant through this particular town of Tombstone, raping women, pillaging, killing, murdering, and finally Wyatt Earp, the legendary marshal, decides to put his badge back on. And there's a famous line in that movie where Doc Holliday, the famous gunfighter, says, he is not looking for vengeance, he's looking for a reckoning. And that's what we got here in Revelation chapter 14. Now, Pastor Randy's been doing a great job going through this series, and last week he went through chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13 describes two key leaders of the end times empire who will lead the final rebellion against God, the beast or the Antichrist, and his false prophet. And now we come to the day of reckoning. Revelation 14 reveals the final judgment that is about to take place at the end of this great tribulation period. Judgment day is a coming. We've got a reckoning here. Evil has run its course. Mankind has had numerous opportunities to repent and turn to God, but has rejected God and refused. And now the time of judgment has come. Now, Revelation 13 tells us that most of the world will follow the Antichrist and his false prophet. The world will be embracing false and apostate teaching and living in immorality. However, Revelation 14 opens with a special group here, the righteous remnant who remain faithful to God even though the entire world follows the Antichrist, his prophet, and embraces their apostate theology. And we begin in verse 1. It says, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name, and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been redeemed from mankind, 
as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. So the 144,000 here were the same ones mentioned earlier in Revelation chapter 7. They are 12,000 saved Jewish men. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We were introduced to them in chapter 7 at the beginning of this great tribulation period. And now we see them here at the end of the tribulation period. They have been preserved through this entire period of tribulation. And now they stand with Christ triumphantly on Mount Zion. This is the righteous remnant of believers who will have a powerful testimony for Christ in the final days when apostasy and evil are dominating the earth. And in verse 4, it highlights, it says, These men were virgins, right, who have not defiled themselves with women. The culture at this time has become completely morally bankrupt. And since it's the final days, this is the time of tribulation. It's not a good time to marry, settle down, and raise a family. These are the final moments before God's judgment. So instead, they have dedicated themselves to serve the Lord fully in these final days. And these men had a powerful, powerful testimony for Christ at this dark time in human history because the text here says in verse 4, these who follow the Lamb wherever he may go. In other words, these men were completely dedicated to Christ, wholeheartedly had dedicated their lives to Christ. And it says also, in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. They are men of integrity, living holy lives, fully dedicated to Christ, living out their faith with integrity. Not perfectly, but with integrity. This is why they had such a powerful testimony in times like this. And in an age when dishonesty, misinformation, and immorality run rampant in our highest offices today, in the businesses and schools, men and women who live a life fully dedicated to Christ, live out their faith with integrity, will make a huge impact on the culture and the world around them. You know, I play golf with a group of pastors and a politician. So I often tease them. I say, you know, the four pastors and a politician. And I remember they get into some heated talks on political issues. And I remember last week one of the pastors said, oh, these politicians, they're all just in it to build a name for themselves. And they're all dishonest. You can't trust any of them. And I said, hey, hang on. I said, we got one here playing with us, you know. And, well, you know what? But, you know, in an age where it's difficult to find men and women of integrity, it is possible to live a holy life in an unholy world. I talk to so many people who say, oh, it's not possible. Kids, they're going to go out there and have sex, so hey, you just teach safe sex. None of them are going to stay pure till marriage. You're, you're living in a Victorian times. You're living in a fantasy world. You know, I was on the radio, live radio, and people were calling and saying, get in the real world, man. I've had sex with hundreds of women. My kids are going to have it. They're all going to do it. So none of this abstinence stuff. Get in the real world. Well, it is possible 
to remain pure till marriage. I did. Many of my friends in Christ did. All right? And these men here, in a corrupt and immoral age, are living holy lives. It's possible because we've got the Word of God and we've got the Spirit of God. So you young people today, remain pure till marriage. It's worth it. You'll never regret it. And those who are married, remain faithful to your spouse. Right? Don't get corrupted with the pornography that's out there on the internet and soap operas and get into this fantasy world. Remain faithful to your spouse, no matter how difficult it may be, because it is possible. These men living in the most corrupt age of our time, living lives fully dedicated and holy to Christ. And as they did, we are called to do the same. The call for us is to live totally committed to Christ, to live holy lives, lives of integrity. And as these men did, that is the calling on our life as well. Now John moves from the righteous remnant to the announcement of judgment that has now come upon the world. And three angels are released to announce the coming impending judgment upon the world. We see in verse 6, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language of people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The first angel announces, if you look in verse 6, an eternal gospel. Not the gospel. It's an eternal gospel. It's without the definite article. So this is not the gospel salvation message of Christ. Rather, this is an eternal or an everlasting gospel. Because here he is announcing that the judgment time has come. And God is about to establish his kingdom rule upon the earth. Then it says the second angel came and, and saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all the nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Babylon, we further spoken of in chapter 17 and 18. And there's several views on exactly who or what is Babylon. I take the position that she is the city of Babylon, which has been rebuilt and revived. It is the center, the headquarters of false and apostate teaching during this great time of tribulation. And it says here, who made all the nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. False teaching and false living go hand in hand. Where there is false teaching, you will find immorality running rampant. So those who follow this false teaching are also living in sin and immorality. Her false ideology dominates the earth at this time, but her day of judgment has now finally arrived. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire, sulfur, in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image, whoever receives the mark of its name. Now the third angel announces judgment upon the fallen world who have embraced and worshiped the beast and follow his false teaching. Now the word you see there in verse 11, who worship and receives the mark of its name. The verb there for worship and receive there is in the present tense. In other words, they have been worshiping. And the Greek word there for receive means to gladly receive, to gladly embrace. They have been doing it for a long period of time. Okay, they haven't been fooled into this. All right, they have chosen to reject God and worship the beast and embrace and buy into his false ideology. This is something they've been doing for a period of time. And what is their fate? It says they are tormented forever and ever. Double emphasis. Their torment is for all eternity. All right? There are some who teach annihilationism. All right? You suffer for a little while, then you're annihilated forever. But if you read this text and other texts, the punishment of those without Christ is forever and ever. It doesn't come to an end. And it says, they have no rest day or night. Now, one thing you have to understand, judgment is part of the gospel of the kingdom. Before the kingdom comes, there is judgment. That's part of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ. We don't hear too many sermons today, right, on sin or God's holiness, or God's justice and righteousness, or hell. You don't hear too much of that now, do you? It's not politically correct, okay? You know, 30 years ago, church historian Martin Marty delivered a message at Harvard Divinity School titled, Hell Disappeared and No One Noticed. A recent Pew Research study revealed that less than 10%, less than 10% of sermons preached in evangelical churches today Never mention hell, sin, salvation, or heaven. Less than 10%. And with critical theory now running rapid throughout our culture and in the church, the job of the pastor now is not to preach the whole counsel of God's word. His job is to preach messages that will not offend anyone in church or anyone watching on video. The worst thing he can do is to preach a message about judgment or holiness that, that may offend one person. And if that complaint comes in, then we shut down. You know, we change, the, you know, we, we're not preaching that anymore. Right? And pastors are being censored as to what they can and cannot preach. Well, our life application is this, folks. The judgment of God upon the earth is part of the gospel of the kingdom. You look at Jesus, the prophets, and the apostles when they preach about the kingdom. What precedes the coming of the kingdom is judgment day, the judgment of God upon those who have not repented and turned back to God. Remember in, in Matthew chapter 3, when John the Baptist came preaching, what did he say? He said, get right with God. Repent. The kingdom is at hand. Judgment is coming. He said, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with 
fire. Fire means judgment is coming. Get your life right with God. It would be unloving if we did not talk about judgment to those who will one day stand before his judgment seat. Right? So judgment day is coming. And as we look to God's day of judgment, Christians are called to persevere and overcome evil. Verse 12 through 13, he writes, Here is the call for endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, for they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. In light of the judgment that is to come, the saints are called to persevere and endure and overcome evil. All right, the first part of verse 12 says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. And the whole second part of that verse tells us how to endure, what it means to endure at this time. The first, it says, those who keep the commandments of God. To endure, number one, means to keep the commandments of God. Now, the Greek word there is terao. It's used ten times in Revelations, and it means to follow. It means to obey, to guard and defend the truths of God in a world that has chosen darkness over light. And the second part of enduring is to keep the faith in Jesus there. The term keep the faith, it's a common Greek expression for maintaining loyalty and allegiance to your leader. And this is the call for the saints here to endure, to keep the commands of God, to live holy lives, and to remain faithful and loyal to Christ. And as the Bible says repeatedly throughout the Old and New Testament, those who live lives dedicated to God, who are going to live holy in an unholy age, shall face persecution. Right? In our day, it may come through criticism or peer pressure of some sort or isolation. But at this time, many will suffer the ultimate sacrifice of martyrdom for their faith in Christ. And, and God says to those who die in Christ, they are blessed. They shall rest from their labors. What a contrast to the unsaved in verse 11 who are tormented forever and ever. They have no rest day or night from their torment. What a contrast here. You know, and as false teaching continues to spread throughout the culture, the church and the people of God are called to endure, to keep and defend God's truth no matter how unpopular our message may become. Unfortunately, you know, our culture has embraced false teaching very quickly. Romans 1 makes it clear. When you turn away from God, the source of truth, you quickly embrace false ideas, which eventually lead to immoral living and the eventual destruction of your nation or culture. And unfortunately, the false teachings of the culture come into the church. And if the church is not careful with leaders who are biblically grounded, that can come and sweep in to your church. Look at Revelation chapters 2 and 3. 
of the seven churches, five are overrun with false teaching. Five are in a state of apostasy already. Okay, so we need to be careful. Because what was once understood very clearly just a few years ago as sinful behavior contrary to the Bible is now accepted as acceptable behavior in the culture today and in many churches. You know, for example, a recent Pew Research poll shows that 54%, the majority of Christians, who claim to be Christians at least in church, believe the gay lifestyle is an acceptable lifestyle. Right? So if you believe biblical marriage is between a man and a woman, in the church now, you are a minority. Right? You're not a minority in the culture, we know that, but in the church as well. I know because there's many churches where I, I may mention it, and I get accosted by the people in the church. Okay? So our application is this, we're called to faithful endurance because difficult times are ahead. False teaching will dominate the culture and will infiltrate God's church. What was once clearly taught in God's word, many now consider hate speech. So my exhortation to disciples of Christ, especially to those who lead God's people, be prepared to stand for God's truth. All right? Because it's going to get a lot harder and you're going to face a lot more criticism, so you better know the Word of God and be ready to take your stand. That's why throughout the New Testament, the apostles exhort us to stand firm in our faith in Christ. 1 Corinthians 16.13, Paul says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And that's the call of every believer in Christ, living for Christ in a dark age. And that's the call for every believer and leader in Christ. And you're very fortunate that we have leadership here willing to stand for the gospel, even if some of the truths from the commands of God may not be so well received. Remember, we preach the truth and we preach it in love. And the truth will set you free, or for those who don't want to hear, it will offend. Jesus was the most loving guy that walked the face of the earth. No one more loving than him. But he preached truth in love. And he did it better than any of us ever could. And he offended. And he ended up on the cross. All right? So we preach the truth in love. And for many, it will set them free. But we have to understand in a dark and fallen world, we're going to face criticism many times for those whose heart is hardened against the truth of God's word. And the final section now deals with the execution of God's judgment upon the earth. It presents a frightful picture of God unleashing his righteous wrath upon mankind who has long provoked God's anger. The final section deals with the execution of God's judgment upon the earth. We see in verse 14, then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. That, folks, is Jesus Christ. He's seated on a cloud with a golden crown, and he has a sickle in his hand, meaning the time of judgment has come. He is ready to execute judgment here. 
And verse goes on to say, And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. The phrase here, the harvest of the earth is fully ripe, means the final hour of judgment is long overdue. All right? God has been very patient. And judgment, his judgment upon the earth is overdue. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or even schedule an apologetics conference at your church or location, give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. 